Hi, I'm Jim Stroud, and this is my podcast. Have you been to the airport lately? If so, you probably noticed the facial recognition technology in effect at the major airports, especially when traveling internationally. Here in Atlanta, we have had facial recognition for a while, I think about a year, and it still takes some getting used to for me because it, it kind of freaks me out. I'll tell you why that is and make some predictions on what the next level of airport security will be in the near future. And I'll tell you um, right after this. Do you love four-letter words? Who doesn't? And then you mix recruiting news and insights in with those four-letter words. I'm Cheese. And I'm Chad. And we are the Chad and Cheese Podcast. Tune in wherever you listen to podcasts. We We out. out. This podcast is sponsored by Superpass, the go-to software for out-the-box content websites and mobile apps. With the Superpass platform, you can create your own branded website and native mobile apps to host your digital content, subscribers, and more. Do you have quality content that you want to share with the world in a beautiful and intuitive site? If so, then Superpass can provide the tech solution for you. Hold all your digital content in one place, your brand, your way. Check out Superpass.app. That's S-U-P-A-P-A-S-S dot app. When Hartsfield International Airport initiated biometric screening, it was big news that sparked quite a bit of controversy, but uh, mostly for the good. Here's a clip from NBC News talking about it. And your flight is one of the first departures using facial recognition technology from curb to gate. At the busiest airport in the world, Terminal F check-in is now as simple as look, smile, and click. Found you real fast. Delta's outbound international passengers no longer required to scan their passports or carry a ticket. It's pretty simple. You walk up to the kiosk, tap facial recognition, the camera recognizes your face from your passport photo already on file and checks you in. When you check a bag, no need for a passport or a ticket, the camera recognizes your face again. By early next year, your face will be your boarding pass for TSA. Same process for boarding a flight, facial recognition, and I'm on the plane. Nobody wants to stand in line any extra time, so anything that's going to speed it up is going to be great. Homeland Security already uses the cameras for international passengers scanning their faces. How far apart your eyes, your ears, your chin, your mouth. Boasting 98% accuracy. Now Delta is bringing facial recognition to the entire check-in process. You don't have to fumble for your ID, wait for somebody to read it, and it saves you wait times at the airport. Next, Delta's international Detroit flights and maybe domestic flights within two years. But in Atlanta, super easy. The future is here. So if you listen to that only, you may think that facial recognition at the airport is a wonderful thing. To which I would say, um, not so much. Why? Well, facial recognition is not perfect and has the potential to seriously ruin your day. Facial recognition is pretty good at identifying white people. However, when it comes to identifying people of color, not so much. That's the reason why San Francisco banned the police and other public agencies from using facial recognition. Here's a clip from uh, CBS News talking about that. San Francisco is now the first city in the U.S. to ban the use of facial recognition technology for police and other public agencies. The measure passed Tuesday despite pushback from law enforcement officials. They say the technology is an important tool for public safety. 
The decision's a big win for privacy and civil rights advocates who believe that facial recognition could be used for mass surveillance. Joining me now is Drew Harwell. He's a national technology reporter for The Washington Post. He covers artificial intelligence. So, you know, Drew, this technology has been effective in, cratching, effective in catching criminals. I'm from Tampa, Florida. I know it's been effective there. What is the concern now about using this software in the city? Uh, well, it's that it's not 100% accurate and that the difference between somebody who is a criminal and somebody who's just an innocent is not always that obvious from the systems. Um, police are using them in more cities, they're using them for more arrests and that raises the danger of a false arrest or a misidentification in a way that could lead to um, somebody innocent getting hurt or going to prison. You know, I've heard more and more that a lot of people of color are more likely to be accused of, of being guilty than people who are not of color. Is that true? Yeah, I mean, the systems as we see them today, research has shown that they just perform more accurately on people who are white. Um, people of color are very often misidentified in these facial recognition, recognition searches, and that's just based off the the data they've been trained on. So you have to think, you know, there's a there's a huge bias in the system here and, in, and a danger of inaccuracy that could be really dangerous. And so um, that's a big part of why these bans are, are getting moved through in, in places like San Francisco. Now, let me say this. I am a proponent of using advanced technology like facial recognition once it is perfected. <laughs> to keep the public safe. I just want some legal boundaries firmly in place to protect my privacy. Even if I have nothing to hide, I could be mistaken for a bad guy and seriously inconvenienced. Case in point, uh, did you know that since uh, 2015, uh, the US government searches of travelers' cell phones and laptops at airports and border crossings nearly quadrupled, and that's just because the good guys are tracking the bad guys. Listen to this quote from the uh, Philadelphia Inquirer. U.S. government searches of travelers' cell phones and laptops at airports and border crossings nearly quadrupled since 2015 and were being done for reasons beyond customs and immigration enforcement, according to papers filed Tuesday in a federal lawsuit that claims scouring the electronic devices without a warrant is unconstitutional. The government has vigorously defended the searches, which rose to 33,295 in fiscal 2018 as a critical tool to protect America. But the newly filed documents claim the scope of the warrantless searches has expanded to assist in enforcement of tax, bankruptcy, environmental and consumer protection laws, gather intelligence and advanced criminal investigations. Agents with U.S. Customs and Border Protection and U.S. Immigration and Customs Enforcement consider requests from other government agencies in determining whether to search travelers' electronic devices, the court papers said. They added that agents are searching the electronic devices of not only targeted individuals, but their associates, friends, and relatives. The new information about the searches was included in a motion the Electronic Frontier Foundation and the American Civil Liberties Union filed Tuesday in U.S. District Court in Massachusetts. The evidence we have presented the court shows that the scope of ICE and CBP border searches is unconstitutionally broad, said Adam Schwartz, senior staff attorney for the EFF based in San Francisco. ICE and CBP policies and practices allow unfettered 
warrantless searches of travelers' digital devices and empower officers to dodge the Fourth Amendment when rifling through highly personal information contained on laptops and phones, he said. Once I step into an airport, there is a strong possibility that my face, my phone, and my laptop, uh, probably my iPad too, <laughs> will be scanned cataloged and put into a database somewhere that I cannot authenticate for accuracy, nor can I know what has been collected about me. So not only am I concerned about what this data says about me and how it could be leveraged, I also share a paranoid concern about what hackers can find and sell online. But hey, that's just today. When I consider the emerging biometric technologies out there, I can easily imagine what will be coming next to an airport near you. I'll share those predictions after this. Employer brand professionals know that doing great work involves doing big, high-level strategic thinking and getting your hands dirty. If that sounds like the kind of work you want to do, come listen to the Talent Cast. It's the world's most highly caffeinated employer brand podcast. If you are into spy movies, uh, like me, or science fiction movies, also, uh, also like me, then you may be surprised to know that some of the technologies that you've seen on the big screen is available now and no doubt could be integrated into airport security in the near future. If you are unaware that some of these sci-fi technologies are actually available today, well, stand by to be amazed. share four different technologies that could be integrated into airport security at some point in the future, probably in the near future, we'll see. The first technology that I want to bring to your attention is called Gate Biometrics. That's G-A-I-T, Gate Biometrics. Now that's a system that scans the way people walk and move. As everyone has a unique style of walking and moving, it's really a powerful way to keep track of people. If you've seen the movie um, Mission Impossible 5, then you already have seen a prototype of this technology in action where the camera is scanning the crowd and out of nowhere the camera picks up on this one particular person and it does it because they walk and move in their own unique style. So that technology actually exists. As a matter of fact, China uses that technology already to keep track of its citizens. So uh, what if an airport ties how you walk to your uh, how you walk and move to your passport along with your face. You know, I don't really see that as a stretch. Another technology that's available now uh, and be, well now and still being researched is heartbeat measurement. Like fingerprints, heartbeats are a unique human characteristic that could soon replace keys and passwords. So imagine this, you sit in front of your laptop and once the computer recognizes your heartbeat, your computer unlocks. Walk away from your car and the car locks up. Walk to your car, the car opens up. You know, the same thing could be done, I guess, for your house. You know, when you're in your house, it's unlocked or locked or however, however way you want to set it up. But as soon as you leave, boom, it locks up again. You know, why not add that to the passport database too? All right, here's another one. Uh, body odor ID. Yes, 
Yes, the same way dogs can identify other dogs and humans has been researched as a possible identification tool by researchers at Spain's Universidad de Politecnica de Madrid and tech firm Ilia Sistemas SL, if I'm pronouncing that correctly. Now, I know that uh, that body odor ID was being researched back in 2014, and I don't know where they are with it now, but I'm thinking about it and sharing it with you today because of the extra beans burrito I had earlier uh, for lunch. <laughs> Be glad this is the podcast. So a lot of possibilities, though. I really hope this one doesn't catch on. Now, uh, the fourth one I want to share with you is called tongue prints. Tongue prints. Yes. Every human has a unique tongue print. Just like fingerprints, every tongue is different in terms of certain aspects like shape and texture. I can see someone in a lab coat next to the customer service agent at the airport now saying, are you ready to board? Okay. Say, ah. <laughs> okay, all kidding aside, I think the identifier of a tongue ID may have the most chance of being adopted because unlike all the other methods, it is an undeniable proof of life. I mean, think about it. An actor can imitate how someone walks, a heartbeat can be mimicked by an electronic device, and some sort of perfume could imitate a unique body odor. But how do you fake a tongue? The person at the gate could say, uh, drink this solution and spit it out, or chew this and spit it out, and that could remove all the counterfeit material that may have been inside the mouth. Now, once the tongue is clean, a scan of some sort will look at the size of the tongue, the wrinkles and marks on the tongue, etc., etc., etc. So does this mean that when it comes to the ultimate security, the power is in the tongue? Possibly. I think no security system is 100% infallible. However, one based on a tongue ID would be harder to break than others. At least I think so. But these are just my thoughts. What are yours? If you love what you heard, hate what you heard, or don't know what you just heard, I want to know about it. You can leave a comment concerning this podcast on my website at www.jimstroud.com. In addition to finding source material and related information for this podcast episode, you'll find other goodies that I hope will make you smile. And if you have not already, please subscribe to my website. Your continued support keeps this podcast train chugging down the track. Bonjour. This is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor, and every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week, we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food, so come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app.